0: Okay, so I came this weekend, uh, we shifted up the room a little bit this morning, and I came here just to kind of give you a report about what I see God doing in the nations and some things that we can do to catch up and get in on what God is doing. Uh, Right now, things that are very important to God are family, community, connection, presence, We have wonderful experiences in God where we sing worship songs and we'll do that. And we experience God's presence when we sing worship. We share the word and that's great. But sometimes we get stuck in a form and we miss the connection of why we do things. And so we all come from families. Does anybody have family that's not messy? Do you have a family, Mike? That's not messy. I I, I don't know. Like, like, you know, I I come, I'm number 10. You know, there were 10 kids in my family and I'm the youngest. I'm, I'm, I'm the babe, huh? You're number 10? Okay. So then family reunions, when they have family reunions, when we have family reunions, I'm the only normal one there. <laughs> Does anybody else have that family where you go to a family reunion and all your family is weird except for you? That's what they say. They say the same thing. Probably when they go home, yeah, that whole family's weird except for me. So anyway, family—it's not precision. It's not neat. If you want to have a nice, orderly meeting, you don't give kids sugar, and you don't start out with a song where you're jumping like crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's like an activator. But family's great, isn't it? Because <laughs> you activate in family. God's really blessing family right now in bellingham where i'm at we've been pioneering a course of pursuing family more than what we classically call ministry god likes things real and we're in a a time right now where god is really blessing a word called authenticity for you young guys and gals that simply means he likes us likes it when we get really honestly us we don't try to be somebody so that God will like us, we realize that God really likes us, and then we show up to like him. And I believe that God wants all of us to know, first and foremost, first before anything else, every one of us makes a great us and a terrible somebody else, and we were born to be loved by God. And when we don't know that we were born to be loved by God, then we try to find love by all a lot of other stuff. try to find love by doing things. In the Bible, there's a story about a prodigal son. Anybody know that story, the prodigal son? How about you young guys, you guys know the prodigal son story? It's not really the story of a prodigal son. It's a story of a dad and two boys. There's a dad and there's two boys and one boy wants to prove himself he wants to prove that he can do it and so he wants his inheritance and he's going to leave home and he's going to become successful he's going to maybe become uh maybe in his mind he's thinking i'm going to become a a football star i'm I'm gonna become a musician i'm going to become an artist i'm going to become a businessman i'm going to go have fun i'm going to go become successful and important and the other boy He thinks, no, I don't dare do that. I don't dare go and try to prove myself. I'm just going to serve. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to do all the things that God requires. I'm going to stay and I'm going to serve in the business. Okay? But in the family, there's a father. And in the story, the father is a symbol, is a type in the story of God. And the father doesn't really want sons that serve him, nor does he want sons that go and try to prove themselves. What he wants is he wants sons and he wants daughters that know we're a family. And as a family, we bring the blessings of God into our world. And so he really in the story, he wants the younger son who left home and he wants the older son who stayed at home to get a revelation of what life is really about. Life is about being the family of God and then bringing the blessings of the family of God into our world. All right? So I believe we're in seasons of change. And I uh, would tell you that there's a prophet named Ezekiel today. There's a prophet named Ezekiel in Ezekiel 47. And so I'm, I'm saying this so that we can all understand it somewhat. But in Ezekiel 47, this prophet prophesies, and he sees a vision. Now, prophets were people in the Old Testament that saw things and then proclaimed it. God wants everybody to see things and proclaim it. Not to see it and proclaim it to be important, but to see what God sees, and then bring the influence of what God sees into our world. So some of the stories in the Bible are like these profound stories of prophets who saw something spectacular, but every day of our lives, we should see something of God, and it should impact us in a way that we influence our world with it. So this prophet, Ezekiel, he sees a pretty profound thing, and chapter 47 The Spirit of God brings him back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate. He led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cupids, and he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, and it brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000, and it brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and the river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that couldn't be crossed. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me back, returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned along the bank of the river, there were many trees on one side and the other. And he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, enters the sea, and when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live there will be very great multitude of fish because the waters go there or they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from the bank of en to El-Glaim and there'll be places of spreading their nets and their fish will be the same kinds of the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, but its swamps and its marshes won't be healed. They'll be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river, on this side and on that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. And they will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Now, what I just read sounds something like this. Wah, 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 and a river, wah, 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 and trees and wah, 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 and float, and a thousand, and a whole lot of other stuff, right? So let's talk about what in the world is that talking about? Yeah, You know, when God speaks to us, sometimes we don't understand what he's saying to us because he doesn't just want to make it very clear for us. He wants a relationship. He doesn't want us to get stuck in all the details of those words. What he wants is he wants a relationship. So let me tell you what this prophet Ezekiel is seeing. He's an Old Testament time prophet who's proclaiming something about the day that you and I are here, right here today. He's proclaiming something that God has always wanted. You see, God's always wanted a temple. What's a temple? Jesus explained it this way. He said, you know, foxes have holes he said, birds of the air, they have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. And he was answering a question of a man who said, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says to him, he answers that statement by saying, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. What he was saying is, I don't need you to follow me. This morning, God doesn't need us to follow Him, He needs us to know who we are more than following Him. So, Jesus says, Well, foxes have holes. Okay, I don't know if you have foxes in Wichita, I know I've talked about this before. You got foxes? Okay, are you any of you young? You had a fox in your garden this morning, a fox really? Okay, well, the fox. In Wichita, when the fox comes into Wichita, the fox is not looking for a motel. You know, I'm staying out by the airport that, whatever I'm staying at, (laughs) I'm staying at a hotel. Now, I don't live in a hotel. You know where I live? I live in a family. Yesterday, I FaceTimed my wife and I got to talk to my three-year-old granddaughter. She was really happy. I was really happy. She was feeding me food through the screen. She kissed the face of the phone to kiss me because that's what family does. Now, it's nicer to be home, but it's nice to connect this family. You know, the fox isn't looking for a place to sleep. The fox is looking for a place to live. So the fox in Wichita over at Mike's garden, he probably came into Mike's garden. I wonder if Mike has built any houses for fox. I'm looking for a place to rent for the night. I'm just visiting Wichita and I'm looking for a place to sleep. So the fox comes in into Mike's garden and he's looking. How caring is Mike about foxes? Because I just wonder. Or did the Wichita government, did they pass any policies in Wichita that there has to be a certain percentage of houses for foxes? Because foxes need a place to sleep. It's (laughs) It's not California. Well, you know, I live in the Northwest, and it's very close. We we got some similar stuff. But the fox doesn't do that. No, the fox is looking for something that looks something like a hole in the ground. And the fox is smart enough to know if he can find a hole in the ground, he can dig it bigger, make it open. He makes what's called a fox den. And you know what a fox does in a fox den? He does more than sleep. He lives there. He sets up house, doesn't he? I mean, if he was a person, he'd hang fox pictures on the wall. He'd put a fox couch in there. He'd put up fox chairs. He'd have a fox kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, so Mr. Fox gets Mrs. Fox. They raise a fox family, do fox stuff, right? Same with the bird. Jesus said the bird has a nest. Now, the bird doesn't come into Wichita. Oh, 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 wonder if they built any bird houses. Do you have a birdhouse? Yeah. At our school, there are birdhouses? Yeah. That's a nice thing. They do, and that's a nice thing. Birds really appreciate it when they do that. And you know what? I bet you the birds that move into those houses, they don't move into those houses just for the night. I bet they build a nest in those houses. I bet they take sticks in there and they build a nest. And I bet they lay eggs, and I bet they hatch birds. And then you got bird stuff. I had a bird nest outside my garden, which was a mistake because mama bird had baby bird, and you know what? It was next to my garden, and mama fed the babies. You know what she fed the babies? Yeah, you're right, because that's what birds do. They do bird things. Jesus was saying, I don't need you to follow me. I need you to know who you are. I need you to know that I'm looking for a den. I'm looking for a nest. I'm looking to put my headship on you because you're my body. So when Ezekiel's saying the temple is the temple is the place where the spirit of God lives. So God has always wanted a place that he could live in the earth. And this building that we're in right now isn't it. But a whole bunch of people came here this morning, young and old, who are people that the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, lives in. That's the really good news. That's the gospel, the really good news. God finally made a way for the temple of God, for the place where God lives to be in the earth. So when Ezekiel sees this temple, he says, he brought me back to the door of the temple. He's saying, he brought me back to the place where in the Spirit, I saw you. And from this temple... Water is flowing. Jesus said this in the New Testament in John chapter 7. He stood up. He said, if anybody's thirsty. Has anybody ever been thirsty? Okay. You've had some hot days, right? Did you have one drink and then never got another drink? Yeah. Do you drink more than one drink? Okay. Because you're thirsty. You know, there's a different kind of water than just the water that waters our body. There's a water that comes, it's the word of God, God's word in our hearts, God's voice, God's spirit, God's presence to us makes us come alive. We were all born to be loved, but we'll never know that love unless we know the voice of God in our life. So Jesus said on on this day of the feast, he said, if anybody's thirsty, come to me and drink. And from inside of you will flow rivers of living water. And he says, he was speaking about the Spirit. So when Ezekiel says, from the door of the temple flows this water, this river, he's saying, when we become a house of God's presence, there's water that flows out. There's life that comes out of us for the sake of our family. There's life that comes out of us for the sake of our friends. There's life that comes out of us for the sake of our city. There's life that comes out of us for the sake of our coming together in a building like this on Sunday morning. There's something that comes out of us that's the life of God. And it goes toward the east. What happened in the east this morning in Wichita? Sun came up. Really... We turned toward the sun, but the experience was a sunrise. So what we called night became day. When we allow God to determine our tomorrow, when we allow what God is doing in us to be the expression of our lives, we're going to have a new tomorrow. Because the river always flows toward the east. What God is doing always goes toward the east. And then it describes in here the seasons. This river goes and there's life that happens. And then it talks about trees. That's generations. That's people. That's people coming alive because of this river that's going. And it keeps going. It goes out a thousand measures. That's simply an eternal measure. That means it's never going to stop. That life that's in you, when you accepted Jesus in your life, if you've never accepted Jesus in your life, it's real simple. You just say, I want that. I want you in my life, Jesus. See, I wasn't as smart as some of you younger people. I'm 68, but I've been smarter for 50 years. (laughs) I've known Jesus for 50 years, but some of you I wasn't as young as you and I asked Jesus into my heart, but some of you could be smarter than me. Because when you're 68, you can know Jesus longer than me. My kids are smarter than me. They, they've known Jesus since They were too tiny. Okay. But when I said yes to Jesus, I became a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, amazing thing, there's no big Holy Spirit and little Holy Spirit. There's no... Big Holy Spirit for the big people in this room and little Holy Spirit for the little people in this room. Same size God fits all. And God hears the prayers of little people the same way he hears the prayers of big people. Matter of fact, big people have to become like little people to be really effective. So when you think God is saying something to you and I'm speaking to everybody, I'm speaking to the little ones and I'm speaking to us older ones, when you think God says something to you, you know it's God because it brings life in you and it brings life out of you. If it doesn't bring life out of you, if it brings judgment out of you, if it brings judgment of someone else out of you, if it brings hate of someone out of you, that's not God. If it brings love for people, if it brings mercy, if it brings that willingness to change your mind when Nineveh changes their mind. Because God is a loving God. okay. This river that flows always sounds like God. I'm going to give you three words for everybody in the room. I'm going to give you three things that guarantee you know it's God. Okay. Or at least I'm gonna give you three things that if the voice that's speaking through you to you and through you is gonna always confirm that God is great, that means He's He's bigger than anything, there's nothing impossible for Him. God is great. Can everybody say that? God is great. Okay, so every one of us, okay, no matter what you're facing, okay. Like, Ryan, I know you're facing some stuff right now you're having to go through. We're going to pray for you later here today. And you're going through some stuff that you'd rather not go through. But life has stuff sometimes we face. But here's the good news to you, Ryan. God is great. God is great. Which means I know it's going to be okay because my friend God is great. Huh? Second thing, God is good. God is good. He's great. That's what guarantees me faith. I can hear him. He's great. He's bigger than any circumstance. But he's also good, which means he works everything out for good when I choose to receive him. When I say, yes, I love you, God. I'm trusting you to work this out. God is good. There's always hope. There's always hope. There's always faith because he is great. There's always hope because he's good. So there's always faith because he's great. It doesn't matter what I see, there's always faith because he's great. That's in this river that flows out of me, flows out of you. It goes eternal measure. It goes a little measure, but then it goes another measure. Then it goes another measure. It may start out at your ankles, but then it gets up to your knees, and then it gets up to your waist, and pretty soon it's so deep you can only swim in it. So it gets better and better and better. If it's not getting better, then you're not letting the river flow. <laughs> okay. So God is great. There's always faith. God is good. There's always hope. Okay. And God, His mercy endures forever. That's love. His mercy endures forever. That's love. He will partner with you in everything, and love will make a way. Okay, so the river sounds like the voice of God. God is great. and you guys, can everybody remember that this week? God's great. God's great. He's bigger than any giant. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any challenge. He's bigger than any circumstance. Don't look at what's going on in the world. Look at what's going on inside of you. God is great. Okay. And God is good. Can you remember that? God is good. I've got hope. He likes me. God is good. And His mercy endures forever. Now, just a couple of other things I want to say in this for all of us. Why would we take and shuffle things up here this morning? We've we've changed things. I think things where I'm at right now in Bellingham, we've changed things for the past six years. We have changed so many things in our gathering together as a community. It doesn't even look the same. And it doesn't look the same as another church in our city. It just looks like our family. It looks like family. And I travel all over the nations and I'm telling you, performance is not something that impresses God. But being real, He loves it. And He loves family. And He wants us to know Him intimately. He wants us to be a temple of His Spirit seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And He wants water to flow out of us, that water that says, God is great, God is good, His mercy endures forever. God is great, God is good, His mercy endures forever. But in that, it brings seasons. And every season is different. I've got a big garden. And this year, I had the season of strawberries. And then the season of strawberries changed to the season of raspberries. And then the season of raspberries changed to the season of blueberries. And right now, man, I've had the season of one kind of lettuce. I got a season of another kind of lettuce. Right now, I got a pear tree with four kinds of pears on it. And right now, it's the season of one kind of those pears. So there's always a different season. And if we get stuck in a season of the past, like if I'm stuck in strawberry season, I still have strawberry plants. They're still out there in the garden. And if I go home and I'm going to say, I'm going to go spend time in the strawberry patch because I really like strawberries. Do you know how many strawberries I'm going to get? None. Because there's no more strawberries in the strawberry plants. The strawberry season is done. I got raspberries, raspberries. I had so many raspberries this year and there were still a few stray raspberries a week ago, a few stray ones, enough to throw in my cereal in the morning, but not enough to make a bowl of raspberries. But if I go home right now and I go out to that 40 foot run of raspberries, you know how many raspberries I'm going to get? None. Because it's not the season of raspberries. Now, I got loganberries. You might not even know what a loganberry is. See, there's so many kinds of seasons. I'm, I'm talking about stuff. We don't even know what it is. Who knows what a loganberry is? It's a really long blackberry, but it has no thorns on the vine like a blackberry, and it makes fantastic jam, and I got all kinds of loganberries. So I go home. Hey, I'm still in the season of loganberries. The church has been in many seasons. But when we get stuck in something that God did in the past, we find ourselves in a raspberry patch that doesn't have any raspberries. Or we find ourselves in a strawberry patch that doesn't have any strawberries. And we say, well, we love strawberries. I get it. You love strawberries. But there's no fruit on the plants. There's strawberry plants. There's no strawberries to get right now. There's no raspberries to get right now. Well, next year, there'll probably be a whole bunch of raspberries again. Okay. I've got a bunch of crops in my garden that are going to be seasons. Like there's a season of grapes that's coming this year. As long as the wind stays away, man, I'm going to get a lot of grapes this year. But right now, I just got a hammock under there. I lay in the hammock and I have the hope of, whoa, I hope those grapes stay on the vines because there are going to be a lot of grapes if they do. But there's some things that could happen. So if we don't want to end up in a swamp, if we don't want to end up in something that we think has got life in it, a swamp or a marsh, that's what this story did you remember those words, swamp and marsh, in the wah 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 story? Out of the, this throne, out of this temple flows this river, and the water goes, it goes a thousand measures, and then it goes another thousand measures, and then it goes another thousand measures. Okay, I don't care where the water's been in my life or where the water's been in this church where the water's been in any church in the world. I want to know is, where's the water in my life right now? Where's the water in this church right now? What's bringing life to us? Now, can we be family? Can we be a little messy together and figure out where life is together and find out what God is blessing rather than Living in a strawberry patch, asking God to give us strawberries when it's not the season of strawberries, or you know, there's a place I go to in England, in York, England. There's a minster, it took 360 years to build this building. Okay, it's got several floors, the very bottom floor was built in the 300s. Emperor Constantine himself was actually anointed in that floor of the the York Minster before it was a minster. But the foundation of this building has a history that included, you got Roman roads in York. Don't ask, you can tell it's Roman because they cut stones like they do in Rome in a place. I always laugh at that because if you ever go to England, you can build stuff out of stone everywhere and you fit stones, the shapes together. They've got a great art of doing it the British way. They do it the Welsh way. They do it the Scottish way. They do it the English way, fitting stones together. But you can tell when Rome entered in, because Rome had to cut square stones. In a place where you had lots of rocks, you didn't have to cut rocks. But it was the Roman mark. So in the foundation of this thing that took 360 years to build, there's square stones. But then in this place, it took 360 years to build. I'm always impressed because in the floor there are people buried. Okay, now that freaks me out a little bit. I'm in this church building to be like in this floor. You no, know, the truth is, there are people buried in the floor of this church. Now, not physically, guys. It's okay; they're not actually buried there. I'm, I'm using a, a word called a metaphor, which means I'm trying to use, use an example, telling a story. Get it? Okay, but there is stuff in the floor of this church building and in the floor of my life, I'm 68. So I got, I got quite a bit of floor. (laughs) There's stuff in my life that is no longer living. It's part of my story, but it's not me. It's in the foundation of me. Okay. So I've been in that place took 360 years to build and you can see how church history changed. At one point there were no altars. Then they added a part over here and there's a raised altar. At one point they were all around the outside to the middle and there was no worship. And then they built this big choir area over here uh, 150 years later and there's a choir. So there were a lot of seasons in the building of this building that were totally different seasons. It took 360 years to build. I've stood in that place and I said, God, would you please let me be part of something? that takes 360 years to build. But would you please let it be something of life and not something of death? I think we're part of something that's of life, guys. And so we want to, as a family, figure out how do we draw water out of everyone, all of us, uh, and not be the place that we come so we have worship to us, Or just simply a time of worship and word. We can mix it up. could be different every week. I don't know. I don't know what God's going to tell you. You're the family. (laughs) But what is God saying? Now, I'm just going to ask every one of us this week, adult and kid, we've been a temple of Holy Spirit and something of life is happening in us. Who has heard something this week that just really gave life to you, something you've heard of God. Just lift your hand if, if you have something you've heard of God that you could share. Chris, what have you heard?
1: If uh, getting the whole world saved turned to God was so easy, it would have been done a long time ago.
0: Okay. So what does that mean to you then? It's, people don't always uh, change and, okay. and, and believe in God. I mean, yeah, you know, okay. Talk to them till you're blue in the yeah. face and face, and maybe they'll receive, and maybe they won't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then however, we can also yeah, take force them. Yeah. Under the sword as the Middle Ages. Yeah. To... So then we could also say that we could say, God, thank you that I'm changing. Help me. <laughs> it's really when we do hear, it doesn't make us more special than those who weren't willing to hear. It's really, man something supernatural happened in it, But you're right. We can't force anything on anyone. But then take that in a a personal relationship too, then let's be grateful. I want to just pray with that and say, God, help us not to be frustrated when somebody doesn't receive. Help us to appreciate our own gift to receive you, God. And help us to not give up sharing the testimony of you, no matter what it looks like the results are. Does that sound good? Who else has heard something? I was moved by something. Did that qualify? Yes, it qualifies. Okay.
1: So there is a global voice. You've heard of the, the voice. Yeah. The singing
0: competition. yeah.
1: Um, so There's a global one, which I've never heard of. Has you've seen this video too... There is a guy and I can't remember his name, but he was an incredible singer. Oh my goodness. And this was back in 2013. I was born in 2013. You <laughs> were So this guy moved the whole audience to tears. He was just um, perfect um, at singing. But then they asked him his name and he stuttered. You know, like <laughs> and I was so moved because God uses imperfect yeah. people, so and I specifically was thinking of Ryan. This guy has a definite he can't speak in front of people, but he can sing. But just because you have something in your life that is not perfect, God can still use it. Yeah, especially you, Ryan. I really felt like that. I think I sent it to you video. It so moved me. This guy struggled so much to think perfect. Don't be discouraged by
0: something you can't do or a problem you have. We measure perfection by what we see in somebody else. And God says he doesn't measure perfection by what's in somebody else. He measures perfection by what's in each of us. How many of you know who Nick Wojcik is? Anybody know who Nick Wojcik is? No arms and no legs. How many of you have never seen a video of Nick Wojcik or heard of Nick Wojcik? Raise your hand if you've never seen him or heard him. He has no arms and no legs. I would challenge you on YouTube, look up Nick Wojcik. You could say, man with no arms, no legs, testimony of Jesus. He was born without any arms. He has a little tiny foot. He speaks to millions of people. He has saved millions of teenagers from not liking themselves he saved people from suicide he knows jesus he's married he has three children maybe four children i think he has twins and two others he's married he publicly speaks he falls down on purpose with no arms no legs and he uses his lily he calls it his chicken foot to get back up and he says there's nothing that's impossible for you Because of Jesus. And he said, then you need to love yourself. I challenge you, if you've never seen him, look at it. Because I want to tell you, he was born perfect. But there was a time in his life when he wanted to commit suicide. He wanted to kill himself. But he came to Jesus as a young boy. And here's his gift. He can speak to millions of people because he has no arms and no legs. And he can talk to them about loving themselves because... They're shocked when they see him. And if he was born with arms and legs, he couldn't speak to the millions of people that he speaks to. So he can do things that you and I cannot do because he's a perfect Nick. (laughs) But he didn't let his circumstance tell him that he was less than someone else. But the secret, he'll tell you, the secret was he found Jesus. And Jesus helped him come to faith in who he is. I'm going to tell you right now, for everything that there's a counterfeit, there's a truth. And we might not like the counterfeits that are going on in the world right now, you know, the diversity stuff, the, the counterfeit of it. But I'm telling you, there's something that's not a counterfeit that's truth that that counterfeit's trying to wake you up to look for. So we can be distracted by hating the counterfeit, Or we can look at, God, what are you really saying? What is the truth of this? I'm going to tell you, I have a philosophy. I'm never anti-anything. I'm too busy being pro-what-is. I'm not anti-antichrist. I'm Christ. I'm not anti-darkness. I'm light. I'm not anti-death. I'm life. If we spend more time thinking about anti- then what we really are, I got news for you. I think we're wasting our time. We're not letting the river flow. We, we need to fill our hearts with so much, what is God saying? We have a responsibility of letting love flow, letting the life of the Holy Spirit flow through us. God's helping us be messy so that we can become what God needs us to be for His heart, for our city. For his heart, for what we're going to become, he's changing each of us in our hearts. I love the very first letter of Revelation, is a call to return to the place of walking with God, turn to the place of just being in a place called Ephesus, which is the same meaning as the word Eden, desirable place. Okay, and you know what? That first letter they're commended for it because I'm going to tell you here's a passion we have in Wichita, in the former seasons, in the goodness of God, we we got this wonderful thing that could turn into a marsh if we're not careful. We hate evil. Okay. So we hate evil. I think we could say we hate evil. That first letter, it says, you know how to persevere. We could say, you know how to use a hoe. You know how to use a shovel. You know how to work in a garden. You know how to labor. You've discerned those who are apostles and those who are not, those who are sent ones and those who are not. In other words, you know really, you're really good at knowing what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. And you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans were people who indulged in the flesh. And so he said, and you hate the Nicolaitans, but you forgot your first love. You forgot the point of the garden. You forgot the point. You got busy working in the garden. You forgot the point of the garden. And you forgot this. I hate evil too. So in other words, don't put your energies in hating evil. Put your energies in returning to your first love. Walk with God. Walk with one another. And then trust God takes care of anything that needs to be taken care of. It's not our job to fix people. It's our job to be a testimony of those who are being fixed and loving those who are coming in and joining us to also find the same voice that we find in our hearts. And it's a process for everybody. Everybody's in a different place. God is preparing us to be able to reach that one that we're going to reach or the many that we're going to reach. It's for the sake of us being. The family of God, being the life of God. Who else has heard something?
1: Uh, singing, it's a very old song. While well, praying for the church, is shifting to a new season. That old song, uh, "I Surrender, I Surrender." All Jesus. very old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just thinking of, uh, you know, surrendering. It's not just your sin, your pain, your frustration, but it's sometimes even your dreams, your your desires, your longings. If we want to step into what is new, we need to surrender all of me to, to Him to be able to walk in that fullness He has. To
0: excellent, excellent. We have to be able to let go of things, maybe even things that were, were holy to us, yeah. that were sacred to us. We have to be willing to let go so we can receive what He wants to give to us in this season. We can't come with hands full We have to come with hands hungry. I surrender all to you. Awesome. Just a clue for everybody. When God speaks to us, sometimes we think we're ignoring God or we try so hard to hear God, we can't figure out what he's saying. So one of two things happen. We we think, well, maybe he's not talking, so we just ignore him or we're waiting for him to get loud enough to get through to us. Or we strive and strive and strive to hear him. The problem is, We don't hear God with our soul. We hear God with our spirit. And Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit all the time. But we have to learn to let what's inside of us come from the inside to our soul. Now, our soul is the area that manifests our thoughts, our reasoning, our imagination, our emotions, and desires. Now, it doesn't necessarily create those things. It facilitates those things. Because our thoughts reasoning, imagination, emotions, and desires can be affected by our circumstances. They can be affected by our feelings, or we get injured, or we get wounded. It can affect those things from the outside in. We go through a traumatic experience that affects our thinking, our our emotions, our reasoning, our imaginations, our desires. We're in a car accident. It affects our thought, our reasoning, our imagination, our emotions, our desires. Or or we go through a, a good experience. It can affect us. But there's also a voice inside of us that's to our spirit that should affect us from the inside out. We should be seeing what God sees, feeling what God feels, thinking what God thinks, imagining what God imagines. But when it comes to us, it comes with a thought or a reasoning or an emotion, a desire, an imagination that sounds like us. And the reason it sounds like us is because it is us. It's your spirit speaking to your soul. When we open our hearts in worship, when we open our hearts to God, what we do is we release our own spirit to speak to our soul. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to activate our spirit and speak to our soul. You have to let it out. If, you know, he says, if anybody's thirsty, come to me and out of you will flow rivers of water. So let me show you how that, that doesn't work. If anybody's thirsty, come to me and don't let anything flow out of you. No, you have to let what's in you out. And so some things you can do is you simply respond. So like in worship, I just lift my hands. And what that is, it's not that God delights in my hands going up. It's like Toledo said, I'm saying I'm surrendering to you. I surrender all. I want to become what you need me to become. For the sake of this next season or I'm stirring my spirit. Thank you. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in our hearts. We welcome you in this place. welcome you in this family. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Not just today, but all this week. We just say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, have your way I surrender. Well, we surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to your purpose and your will in this time. We want to know you more. We don't just want to know you for what you've done. We want to know you for who you are. Knowing you heals our wounds knowing you empowers us to overcome all things knowing you empowers us to be expressions of you we love you god we want to know you we love you god speak your own words to him even just tell him what you want i surrender to you holy spirit i want your water to flow through me i I want to be like the den for the fox the bird for the nest I, I want to be the body that you put your head on help us at Christ's life here, help us as a family we each are a temple of your Holy Spirit but together we're a greater expression of that temple it's not some religious thing it's authentic, it's real it's, we're the place where your life makes us come alive but also causes us to be givers of life to others, givers of life, to our world. We bless you all. I'm calling for the seed of this church. I call resources to come, for people to come. I call broken lives to come and to be healed. I call this place to be a safe place for the presence of God, for the word of God. I call this to be a safe place for the family to grow. I give permission to Christ's life to be a little messy. I give permission for this family to become a family like never before. I give permission to trees that look like they're dead to be born again and for new trees to grow. I heard something last week. I was in the forest. I posted a picture. Out of the old comes something new. I posted a picture of a cedar tree out of an old stump. And when I saw that, I was laying down in the woods hunting a bear. And I was laying down in the woods, and I saw that tree. And you know what was in my hand? You know what was in my heart? Christ's life in Wichita was in my heart. Okay, so out of the old comes something new. I call that to happen in Jesus' name.